Businesses are facing issues they've never faced before. Here's what I mean by pre-pandemic to post-pandemic. It's almost like, you ever hear the same when they say, you know, it's like riding a bicycle, you never forget it. Well, what's going on today in work environment, it's like you used to be single in 2005, where it wasn't no Tinder, Bumble, any of that stuff. You've been married and you just went through a divorce and you're back in a dating scene and everything's changed. Everything in the work environment has dramatically changed in two and a half years and many companies are having a hard time making adjustments to it. Today we're gonna to talk about 10 post-pandemic issues all businesses are facing. PDF and a bonus point I'm going to give to you uh, uh, in regards to today's content. So point number one on the biggest challenge people are facing is getting folks to go from being on Zoom, working from home, to working from the office. Now, many CEOs, many leaders, many articles, these leaders were seen as innovative. Oh my gosh, in our company, everybody can work from home. Just go work from home and all the employees were so happy. Oh my gosh, my office is so great. My company is so great. They're letting me work from home. So the CEO said, this is kind of cool. We hold you accountable through Zoom. One week, two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. That's kind of like, where's the culture? This is not really working out. And they notice people working from home were losing that connection to the company and the organization. And they started simply applying for other jobs. There was no longer loyalty. Other people were willing to pay more money to work from home. Then the CEO flipped and said, no, everybody's got to work from the office now. Here's what we got to do. Then the CEO automatically seen as a bad guy. Wait a minute, I thought you said working from home was okay. Now you're changing this. You're not predictable. You're changing this. What's wrong with you? It's a mistake of a CEO because he panicked, she panicked. They didn't know how to handle it during that time. Many leaders are going to do that at times, but now you have to readjust. That's one of the biggest challenges leaders are having today. And unfortunately, during that adjustment, you're going to lose a lot of people and you're going to have to hire new people and manage expectations all up front, letting everybody know our company is work from home. Now, if this doesn't apply to you, don't worry about point number one. Okay, I got point number two and three combined together, but it's under inflation. So here's what inflation has done in the last 30 months, two and a half years, right? Number one, inflation has gotten somebody, just in Miami last year, rent is up 30%. In one year, some places up 50%. Let me explain to you what this means. You were paying $2,000 for rent. Now it's $2,600. Imagine $600, like that's not a lot of money. That's a $400 car payment plus insurance. And some places rent is up 50%. So you were paying $2,000 a month. Now it's $3,000 a month. That $1,000 used to be your car payment, car insurance, phone, cable, Netflix. Now you have to go make that money. So employees were sitting there saying, look, I could make it off three grand a month. I could make it off four grand a month. I can make it off five grand a month. Or somebody was making it off five. Now it's eight, seven, nine but the increase has taken place. So cost with inflation has increased cost of living for your employees. That leads to what conversation? That leads to a lot of conversations of employees coming up to you and saying what? Hey, cost of living's increased, man. I can't work off of, you know, whatever you're paying me right now. I need a raise. And then there is friction between the employer and the employee. But the employer has to have a certain set of understanding. So does the employee. In this situation, if the employer is not understanding of this taking place, because this is a real issue, employers, CEOs, I'm one of them and I'm telling you, this is a real issue. People are really going through this. You have to be aware of it. So either you're going to have to make an adjustment and say, I have to cut staff. I can't pay for this stuff. Or you have to realize the people that are your superstars, 
you got to figure out a way to keep them. Now, on the other side, employees, if you're the person that's watching this saying, ooh, this is perfect video, let me go ask my boss for a raise. If you go in wanting to take advantage of this and kind of bully your employer, that's also unfair to them because they're going to sit there and say, dude, I love you. I want you to be here. But you're kind of using this to your advantage and you're cornering me and I don't appreciate it because if I back down and I give it to you right now, what makes you think you're going to be with me six, 12 months from now? I just took a big risk because you may take the new salary, whatever the new salary you're going to get. Say you're going to go from $60,000 to $80,000. Then you're going to go to a new company and say, what do you make at your current job? I'll make 80 grand a year. If you pay me 95, I'll come up to you six months, 84, 95. So I just lost. I gave you 20, I backed down and I said, no problem, we want to keep you. And you left me for another 15 grand. So in the span of three months, you got a $35,000 raise. You know how I know that? Because I kind of know that, because that's happened to me as an employer myself. So these issues create a friction. My suggestion to you, employers, if you want to keep that employee, have a real conversation with them open, just tell them, here's my challenges, but I understand your pain. An employee, have a real open conversation with your employer and tell them, listen, I love this company. I want to be here. I don't want to go anywhere else, but I just want to show you my expenses. This was a year and a half ago. This is today. This was my rent a year and a half ago. This is today. I'm not playing any games. It's my life. It's more expensive. If you're willing to work with me and help me out, I don't want to go anywhere else. You take that approach, the employer is going to say, you know what? Thank you for taking that approach. I'm willing to work with you. Nine out of 10 times, your employer is going to work with you in these cases. So point number four is retention. So I just explained inflation and cost of living and keeping employees because salary is going up and what are you going to do with that cost? But retention is a complete different thing going on because everybody's kind of all over the place, right? Oh my God, we're doing this all pre-Zoom, post-Zoom, working from home, now working out of an office. What do I do now? Immediately, you need to call a meeting. If your department's 40, 50 people, call a meeting. If your business is 40, 50 people, call a meeting. If your leadership team is 20, 30 people, call a meeting and have a very transparent, open conversation with everybody. Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're standing for. What's your biggest concern? Here's the adjustment that we're making. We're going to come back and work from home. What do we want to do here? These are the things I'm now wanting to break and negotiate on. I'm open to some of these ideas. What's important to you? And make that decision. But prior to you having that meeting, make sure you specifically know what your non-negotiables are and don't compromise your non-negotiables. But if you go in with 15 different things that I'm not going to negotiate these 15 things, you're, you're being a little bit unreasonable. There's got to be a give and take here, but don't compromise your non-negotiables. Now on the retention side, I have four categories of employees. Here's my four categories of employees. My first category of employees are the superstars, rock stars that I want to keep that I have to come to and give you a raise. Make sense? So you don't wait for me to, you don't come to me for a raise. I come to you for a raise. I come to you and I say, hey, Johnny, you're doing a great job. Here's what we're doing with you. Boom. You're part of the rock star. You're part of the superstar. I want to keep you. Then you got the second category of employees, where it's people that can do big things. They're doing big things. And maybe somebody else is going to make a recommendation. And maybe they're going to come to you and they're going to say, hey, here's what I'm going to be doing. Maybe you want to figure out a way to help them out and work with them. But that's the second category. Great attitude. Love the company. They're pretty good at what they do, not level one that's high expertise, high loyalty, high long-term, high true believer. You want to take care of this guy. These guys are true believers. They believe in the company. They have good attitude. Maybe their expertise is not there yet, but you think long-term they can be somebody. You want to take care of them. Then you got the third ones that are going to come in and they're going to say, you know, that if you don't give them a raise, they'll stick around. If you do give them a raise, they'll stick around. But if they come and ask for a raise, you'll also tell them, I love you, can't do anything for you, but I wish you nothing but the best. 
you have to have that conversation. Then the fourth level, which is the one most entrepreneurs and CEOs make mistakes with because they're afraid of this. They're afraid of the fourth level because there's a fourth level that you have to be uh, assertive and you have to be proactive and have to ask those guys to leave. And that's generally a smaller percentage of your employees. Most people are frightened of doing this. They're okay keeping a bad apple because all they're worried about is our retention numbers have to be flawless. Your retention numbers is maybe a reason why you're keeping a bad apple that's spreading negativity and it's hurting five, 10 other employees. And it's time for you to have the audacity to make that decision. Very, very hard to do. Almost every time you do this, you make an enemy. Can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're doing that. But that only lasts 30, 60, 90 days, sometimes 12 months, 24 months. But if you don't make this decision, you cannot take your company to the next level. So you, as somebody who's going through pre-COVID, during COVID, post-COVID, this is a very tough decision you need to make, but you need to take a time out and say, who's number one, tier one, that I need to go to them? Who's tier two, that may be a recommendation? Who's tier three, we're not doing anything, and who's tier four? We gotta kinda ask you to go because company's going in a different direction. That's the decision you gotta make as a leader. Okay, so this next one's very weird. It's political issues. You know, three years ago we were working, not everything was politics. During COVID, basketball became about politics. Sports became politics. Everything became politics. Talking about China became politics. Talking about COVID became politics. Taking a vaccine became politics. Not taking a vaccine became politics. Literally, cartoons, everything in the last, if you think about it, everything's become politics the last 20 half years. So what happens? There's a few different ways leaders approach this. One, they don't even talk about it. Like imagine the elephant sitting right here and everyone's looking this way. No, 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 the elephant's not in the room. It's not in the room. I don't want to look at him. I don't want to look at him. You're not a leader, you're weak. You gotta get stronger. People want you to lead. Or you simply have that conversation and you manage expectations with everybody. And you say, hey guys, lots changed the last two and a half years. Is that fair to say? Yes. I had an event this last uh, two days ago. I'm in Orlando with 2,500 people in the room. And I got up and I said, let me explain to you guys what's going on. Everybody's kind of wondering. I said, you know, when 9-11 happened in 2001 and everybody's trying to find their kids, nobody said, hey, you're a Republican, I'm not gonna help you because I'm a Democrat. Or you're a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm not gonna help you. No one cared where you were politically. No one cared if you're white, black, Hispanic. Everybody said, you can't find your kids, I got your back, because I'm an American, right? I'm willing to go help you find your kid. I said, during COVID, rather than China being the enemy in America, the opposing political party became an enemy. So everybody was walking on eggshells. Everybody was extremely sensitive. We couldn't have a basic conversation together. So what if we disagree on 2% of our lives, but we agree on 98% of things? I had to have that conversation with my guys to make sure no one was walking on eggshells. I told them, what questions do you have for me? I shared with them my sentiment and my philosophy. I hope you understand this is where I come from. But regardless, it's the company's vision. Let's go take over the world, right? But if you don't have that conversation, I feel a lot of your guys are following somebody that's afraid. I think today you have to kind of talk about it to get all of it out in the open. Not talk about it like this is what I stand for. I support pro-choice. But I'm not talking about that stuff that you support. I'm just saying, saying here's what's going on. Not everybody here agrees uh, together politically, but do we all have big dreams? Yes. Do we all want to make sure we do something that we can talk about and be proud of? Yes. Why don't we go make that happen as a company? you got to capitalize this moment to bring people together and unify them under one message with the vision of the company, or else there's going to be constant conflict. So next one is supply chain shortages, which everybody's going through. I bought two buildings. Okay, the building I'm in right now is the second building I bought. 
But the first building I bought, I bought it thinking I was going to make the Vitamin headquarters there off of Federal. And then my designer comes, who happens to be the CEO of this building, the owner of this building, and he says, I said, I want to set up windows. I want to create this set. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And everybody's showing up, and they said, well, class is taking six to 12 months to get. Such and such is taking 12 months to get. Furniture is taking this much to take. This is I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, yeah, that's how long it's taking. So I brought another designer and another designer. Everybody said the same thing. The building I bought was going to take six to 12 months for it to be done, to work out of. So immediately that same night when I found this out, I made an offer on this building. A week later, we agreed on terms, and I eventually ended up moving in here. Now, this is our building that we have off of Dixie in Fort Lauderdale. But why? because of supply shortages. So depending on the industry you're in, some of you guys are watching what's going on in China right now where the COVID cases all of a sudden are up and they shut everything down. People are like, oh my gosh, it's unfair what they're doing to China. Of course it's unfair what they're doing to the people in China. But if people are staying home, that means no chips are being produced. If chips are not being produced, that means automakers don't have chips to create and build new cars. If automakers don't have chips to build new cars, that means prices of used cars are going to go back up again. If Russia was the one that was selling oil to a lot of people and they're not right now, they're having challenges, that means gas prices are going to continue to go up. So you have to pay attention to supply, supply chain shortages based on the industry you're part of and not be naive about it. You have to be very much researching within your industry to know everything that's going on with supply chain because somehow, someway, no matter what industry you're part of, you're going to be hit either directly or indirectly. So point number seven, this one is a little bit uh, uh, weird because you have to retrain everybody again. What do you mean by retrain? Many people forgot to do the basic things. And I know this sounds kind of weird. Scripts are basic. Think about it this way. I haven't done how-to videos like this for four or five months, right? Even myself. I used to do how-to videos like this every Tuesday, right? But I haven't done it for five months. I have to be retrained again myself. Of course, I do when I got everything down. But everybody needs to be retrained. I need to go back and watch a few of my old how-to videos to remember how I did how-to videos because I need to be retrained. You need to be retrained. Employees need to be retrained. Conflict resolution needs to be retrained. Everything needs to be retrained today in regards to your company. So retraining scripts, retraining communication, retraining sensitivities, retraining people today on new objections that may come up in regards to COVID, vaccine, and you know, pandemic that maybe you did not have two and a half years ago, you need to train people on these new issues, what it is to come back, what it is to open up, what it is to, in every possible way, most of your employees are not gonna tell you this, but they're dying for you to retrain them. They're literally sitting there, please retrain me because I forgot how to do my business. So this next one's gonna cost you some money, but it's gonna be the best investment you're gonna make in 2022. Here's what it is. So I had a meeting in my house backyard. We have a tent, 97 people are there. And I'm talking to our guys, executives. These are guys that are running good sized businesses. And I said, what's the biggest challenge you're having right now? Do you know what's crazy? 80% of what everybody said had to do around conflict resolution. So you train all your guys on conflict resolution. Let me explain to you how this thing works. Politics, conflict resolution. Vaccine, not anti, you know, pro-vax, not vaxxed, conflict resolution. Working from home, working from office, conflict resolution. Give them a raise, don't give them a raise, conflict resolution. Sitting down to fire somebody, conflict resolution. Retraining your old guys' management because their standards have dropped a little bit, conflict resolution. Having a tough conversation to bring all your guys together, conflict resolution. 
you will see 80% of your problems you're facing right now to come back and get your business going again with the personalities, customers, vendors, companies, partners, everybody is around one thing, conflict resolution. Conflict resolution, there's many books you can read on and many courses you can take. One of the best ones is actually uh, 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 Crucial Conversations. They have this company out of uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. You hire a trainer, 10 or $15,000, they're gonna come to your office. You take 10 or 20 employees in a room and they train all your executives and directors on how to resolve conflict together in one room. It may be one of the best investments you make. I'm not only doing that with my home office executive team that's coming up next week, I'm not only doing that with Vitamin's home office executive team, I'm also doing that with my sales leaders team to come together for them to know how to resolve conflicts together. Because most people the last two and a half years actually got worse at conflict resolution and the approach and the philosophy they use is what? Avoidance of conflict, catastrophic for any organization. Okay, so that's eight points you got, but there's two additional points that you can only get on valuetainment.com and the whole PDF with the two additional points. If you wanna get that, click over here, go subscribe to the newsletter, you watch those last two points. But if you don't wanna do that, there's another video I want you to watch here on YouTube titled, How the Pandemic Exposed Leaders. If you wanna see that, click here. Take care, everybody, bye-bye.